Probably science. I'm Matt Kershen. I'm Andy Wood. And I'm Jesse Case. And let's just. W- w- this is a quickly getting in an episode before we fuck off to Glastonbury uh, recording, because both I and our guest are off to a um, muddy field in, in a day's time. By the time Ooh. this episode comes out, we'll be. I don't know if we have any listeners who are at Glastonbury. I, hopefully, we, there should be one or two. If you are, message us. Come and say hi. Um, but this is someone I started out pretty much at around the same time in comedy with. So someone I've known for yonks, literally yonks. It's Andrew O'Neill. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> hi, everyone. It's really nice to be here, and it's really nice to anticipate seeing Matt in the in the country that I live in. Yeah, <laughs> the country that I, I have occasionally lived in and, and was born and raised in. And also, while we're plugging stuff, as well as Glastonbury, today is... Is today the launch day? Today is is yeah. premiere day of yeah. your new radio show. Yeah, Damned Andrew, which went out on Radio 4, BBC Radio 4, but you can listen to it internationally on BBC Sounds. Yeah, it's so the, we'll put the, the sitcom that I've been developing for a thousand years Ooh. and finally has, has, has found, its, found its home on BBC Radio 4. And it's got, like all of our mates in it I, I see you've got Jen Bristy you've got Carly Smallman a friend of the show Phil Nickel is in yeah, it yeah uh, I say I say I saw that I heard it you, you sent me a you sent me an advanced preview of uh, the episode so it's great it's awesome uh, Andrew play in in the show plays a a, a non-binary metalhead who uh uh, is obsessed with the occult, and what was your inspiration for that character? Well, that was yeah, that's my, so far from my, what my you are. Right? Very much my inspiration for the character was <laughs> di- diving deep into myself and finding my non-binary metalhead occultist self, <laughs> which is also thing is it's it's very much what I found on the inside, and and then I remembered that it was <laughs> literally everything on the outside. Yeah, it's just me. I've just I've just I've absolutely done the cliche stand-up comedian of just going, "What am I like? I'll make a character like." That. That, You've done that um, cliche of building a world full of monsters and weird events. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, it's just that old the, especially, story. Especially in the UK big. comedy world, everyone's always launching their memoir show on the solstice. This is so cliche <laughs> at this point. I'm so sick I was, of it. I was, like, genuinely, I thought it was supposed to be going out. Like Originally, I, like the date I had in my diary was tomorrow. And then when they went, no, no, it's the 21st, I went... It's on the sol- on the solstice. This Are you fucking kidding me? This is, is, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really good. Yeah, also, perfect. also, it, 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 the, the episode begins with so Islington has disappeared, uh, and the and the Northern Line on the on the the London Underground has got a squid working its way slowly north, uh, on the, and it launched on a day when there's uh, been a massive rail strike, so there's a huge <laughs> transport disruption. You know, the synchronicity is working really well for us. It's nice. <laughs> it's, um, and you've got some kind of like Alan Moore sound alike doing the narration i don't know yeah. who so that basically, is basically well here, no here's the thing i really th- so i really wanted the, the the narration to sound like alan moore the comic book creator viva vedetta league of extraordinary gentlemen from hell uh, right. i really wanted it to sound like alan moore so i wrote it in the style of alan moore and then what i did was i asked alan moore to do it and then he did it <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know that was good Wait, I mean, but it's like, literally alan moore yeah, yeah it's alan moore i've known i've known the thing is right here's the thing i've known alan moore for years he's a friend of mine but also he's also alan moore so my my friendship <laughs> with alan moore is like this genuinely it's like this fucking like um uh the, like weird dual thing where i'm his friend and then i'm like could you, so could 
do you want to do the narration for my show? It's like, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, oh I'd love that. That sounds really great. I'd really love to. And then, <laughs> and, but then, but then he actually did it, and it's it's literally it's like having Jimi Hendrix playing guitar on my yeah, album. That's... It, it's, it, blew, it blew my mind, and it's, yeah. How does one summon Alan Moore? It can't be a text, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, the thing is, he's the, he's the prick responsible. I mean, yours is a science, sort of science pro, yeah, podcast. I used to be like a materialist, like boring Richard Dawkinsy. Look, I gave up religion, guys, and you should too. And then I, I was like, I, I read Alan Moore's description of magic, which is basically the only place this stuff needs to happen is in your own mind, but you've no idea what a vast space that is. I'm like, oh, that sounds okay. So I started doing it, and then I'm like, Oh shit! It works. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so he's entirely responsible for me diving into the occult. So now he's back and he's doing the narration for my sitcom, which is it, that's insane. I, and it's like honestly, being his it, being his mate, I is still as mental for me as, as for anyone. It's it's yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And so I mean, if any listeners beautiful. don't know, we would Watchmen, V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. Batman, The Killing Joke. Sure. Uh, now is he yeah. who, was. When you pitched it to him, is he sick of doing squid shit? Was he like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, is this another squid gig? Is this, can I? Can I? Can I just? He, I don't think he mentions a squid. Actually, thing is, he didn't even like. But, but, what's amazing is he didn't even fucking meet. So he really likes my stand up because here's the thing, and I think like you know Matt will probably uh, back this up. If you if you stick with stand up, right? And uh, sorry, I, I I do apologize, Matt and Jesse. Are you also stand ups? Because yeah, everyone's yeah. a right, stand up. Right, right. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. There's the thing where it's, I'm a I'm a weird stand up, and the industry hasn't really ever held out its hand to me right but when you do when you stick to your guns as a weirdo outsider artist the other weirdo outsider artists even the really successful ones go oh I like what you do and that's what's hap- that's what sort of happened with Alan so right. that's why he said yes to it you know and I wrote it in his I literally wrote it in his spoken word style so so people who maybe only know him from his comics I strongly recommend that you look up uh, the hybrid working snakes and ladders they're on YouTube and stuff and because it's and um, unearthing is like his his really big one, which is about Steve Moore, his um, his his best friend who we lost a few years ago. But his vocal, his like vocal stuff, his his spoken word stuff is so so good, and his voice is so amazing. So to literally write stuff for him, as I say, it's like, it's having Jimmy. Yeah, you, you wrote it for a, an Alan Moore type. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now, always nice. It's, how it's so how cool. does one uh, like okay? Metalhead, I totally get it. Obviously, this is like my, you know, I'm I'm completely on board. Cool. I have I have various unintelligible T-shirts. Um, <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, how does one get into the occult? It okay, seems so- it, it, like I mean, do you just are you, are you like uh, you just read like some Aleister Crowley? I mean, I assume does it start with like a sci-fi book that makes a reference? Well, you're like what? no, you're like thing is you're like. I, I entirely, entirely, like, <laughs> vibe with what you're saying because it's such, it's this, basically the, the, the world of a cult is full of pricks and it's full of people who, well, <laughs> you either know your stuff or you don't. Well, I don't, so how do I get started? Well, then you can't get started. It really feels like that. Basically, what you do, and I just recommend this to everyone, is you go the, 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 like, 13-year-old girl glittery spellbook way in you okay. make stuff up 
you make stuff up and then it happens there's um there are a few there are a okay. few and if anybody's interested in uh, an essay on this it's on my pa- patreon.com slash andrew o'neill uh, there is a, there is an essay on this of becoming a magician you just start and you just dabble and you just you just throw yourself in and what you find is that stuff happens so the best the best thing anyone could do is spend spend an afternoon or an evening going a, on a long rambling walk the more random the better looking at the entire world as though the universe is desperately trying to tell you something. If you do that, you will expand your magical consciousness. And what you are doing from a science point of view is you are starting to look for patterns, but you're being slightly more aware of patterns, right? But See, then this is gets- the... This this is like because we, we've we've had conversations about this because like you know yeah. I'm I'm definitely as I'm sure most of our listenership are are more on the sort of skepticy rationalist side yeah, of things, yeah. but yeah. and fuck we need you because without you we're dead. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but you know the, the stuff you described to me like definitely I th- I think when they'll they'll uh, I'm sort of like we'll walk along the same path to a certain point and then we'll branch off at the point where you know where i believe there's anything sort of supernatural coming in whereas maybe you might but it's if it's when it's more at the level of just sort of intentional thought and of it essentially a form of meditation and intentional thought and visualization and thinking purposefully about what it is you want in life and what it is you want in a, in a in the short and long term yeah that i think i think that is something that is is backed up by by science and by reason and yeah. it's just sort of like it's you know, just and like by, a- and by psychology and by, but it's, I mean, there there are fringes. I mean, I can I can sum up my magical belief in this, right? I I hold my magical beliefs very lightly, right? And the joke I have is I adopt the U.S. Marines practice, which is I don't know, but I've been told, <laughs> and like it's a global agnosticism, right? I don't I don't hold any of my beliefs tight, but also I've I've had so many experiences that are way beyond what i can rationalize like and also and, and yeah what are they and it in, ends up like me fucking explaining my dreams to you right um and and the thing is it's essentially we have an operating system and what magicians are doing is hacking that operating system and we live life in a different way and we have an experience of the world an experience of the universe that are different or everyone's experience of the universe is like a is like a virtual reality model that we're constantly making in our head from our sense data right with there's an infinite there's an infinite amount of information that we can process or choose not to process and magic does a different thing around that that so that's like one that's your day-to-day mechanistic model of it the other model of it is the consciousness is a territory that is ripe for fucking with and ripe for exploring and it becomes and when you start talking about literally consciousness when you start talking about what what happens when you close your eyes and sit in a room on your own just closing your eyes that's a territory that is is currently beyond science which is not to say that it's always beyond science but but also you get you have fucking adventures and you get information it's you know now is that is that how you came up with the stairway solo (laughs) <laughs> because I, uh, I feel like we're just interviewing Jimmy Page. Um, so. Well, let, let, genuinely, gen, so, so, so my, my 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 biggest my biggest week of synchronicity. So I did. Um, so I wrote a book called A History of Heavy Metal, 
uh, and you can buy it uh, on, in the shops or uh, you know. Uh, and well, that's and, very cool. Yeah, well, I did. I did I'll a show. Get into that. I did a show called A History of Heavy Metal, and um, when I came up with that idea, so I mean, you guys, as you know, you're all artists. You know that thing. You know, sometimes when an idea just downloads into your head, and then you have to unpick it. Yeah. You know that feeling. Like it's gone. Yeah, bonk. it just drops. It just, yeah, it and just then you drops go, oh out. shit, yeah. what's this? And you have to sort of unpick it and see what's there. So the history of heavy metal show came to me like that, right? Just like I do a history of heavy metal, and then it like just wrote itself in front of me. I was on a, I was on a National Express coach from like Leeds to London. Anyway, so I did that show at the Fringe, and then and then I added a backing band, and then it became bigger, bigger and bigger thing. And then I wrote a book. When I was writing the book, I invoked magically. I invoked gods of writing, so. Uh, Thoth from ancient Egypt, Hermes from ancient Greece, and Mercury from from Rome. Uh, Odin's the, um, the the Nordic one, and and I and I genuinely believe that doing that ritual helped me write. Now you can explain that in 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 any you can explain that way very easily. But mm. then I did a massive ritual when I'd finished writing the book to to thank these gods, and I had a a, a life changing experience with Mercury, who by the way is a London boy, uh, because the Romans in London uh, were really really big on Mercury. And when you um, say Mercury, you're referring to the uh, the the god man. Yeah, yeah the god, yeah. not the least of queen. No, 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 not, <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be yeah, a different, no. that's the history of glam. Now, wh- which, uh, uh, what is Mercury, that's with the wings on the ankles? So, yes, so so if you want a god of stand-up, Mercury is absolutely your boy, because Mercury is the god of language, the god of poetry, the god of persuasion, the god of thieves, the god of commerce, the god of lies. Oh, yes, that's us. Um, and... Um, uh, and I had this. I had this. Like, I mean, the physical experience of the ritual is something that doesn't. It just sounds like explaining a dream. But for the next few weeks, the co- well, for the next two weeks, the synchronicities went off the scale. So I was currently doing a show called Andrew O'Neill is Trapped Down a Well. That was the that was the name of the show. That's what the show was about. I then found out at the day after I did that ritual, uh, which in the ritual, which I've got written down, basically Mercury said to me, "Well, everything you do." is me because I'm the god of the spoken word everything you do basically reflects me raise your game right this is the big thing of the ritual was like everything you do reflects on me raise your game the next no day no pressure yeah. The, yeah right the next day uh, I, a, a friend of mine said uh, oh you know that so you've done this show Andrew O'Neill's Trapped Down a Well uh, which she'd seen me do uh, in preview and she'd gone back to Australia where she's from she said someone is doing here at the whichever Australian festival it was uh, this guy whose name I can't remember is Trapped Down a Well and it was the same show the artwork was almost exactly the same I got in touch with them it's exactly the same concept I was like fuck the show, it's not a good enough idea Bart Simpson got trapped down a well, so I, so then I had to abandon that show. Um, a few different things happened that that are, like to anyone else sound like a coincidence, but it's coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. I ended up going to um, uh, Atlantis, the bookshop, uh, the occult bookshop, and Geraldine, who runs it, said, "Oh, I'm really glad I saw you. Um, you need to come here next Tuesday." I was like, well, "What's happening next Tuesday?" I can't tell you. Well, no, what's happening next Tuesday? Just be here next Tuesday. I went there next Tuesday, and uh, Jimmy Page's girlfriend was doing a poetry recital, and Jimmy Page was there. Oh, is she old enough to read now? She's, <laughs> oh, I she, knew it was coming. She was 26 at the time. 
Yeah. In fact, uh, do you know what? I'm not actually annoyed they didn't do the thing I normally which is Jimmy Purdy's girlfriend, 26, was, uh, <laughs> was there. Yeah. She was 20, yeah, no, she was 26. I think she's 28 or 29 now. Um, but like, so I met Jimmy Page that week, the week after I did this ritual. It was, it was one of these things that, yeah, it just like fucking builds up and builds up. And I, what I, what I love is that all of your uh, cynical materialist uh, uh, listeners are going, well, it's just a coincidence. And you're right. It is. It exactly is. And the patterns are in my head, and that's groovy. And I don't need to believe it or anything else. But you know. uh, I, would, I, I would like to think that anyone who's ever talked to Jimmy Page, unbeknownst to the rest of us, has done a ritual to thank Odin before him. <laughs> like, I mean, that includes Oprah, uh, just any <laughs> David Letterman, uh, any interview, Robert Plum, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, they've, done, like, we don't know they've done that. Uh, but they've done a very complex. Hmm. Uh, well, you know what potentially isn't in your head. What, what's uh, what, what's that, Matt? Is this a link? I hope Bre- it is. Breathing. Uh, <laughs> this is a story. What, what are you What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a story that uh, listener Patrick Duran sent in, and I, I don't know why Patrick assumed that we might be interested in a story on our show entitled In a Pinch You Might Be Able to Breathe Through Your Butt. Uh, other people have sent in this story as well, but. Uh, we generally don't like to think about the fact there is a large worm-like organ inside of rabdomens, says Cassidy Ward's article in yahoo.com slash entertainment. This is under the entertainment section. Of I, love the way you, I love okay. the way, by the way, Yahoo are still clinging on. Oh, oh adorable <laughs> Yahoo. No, it is adorable. It's like, how, your, it's like your nan sending you a news item, just going, hey. Well, how, else, yeah, how else is your dad going to have email? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Because he missed the boat with Hotmail. Yeah, and AOL is just, yeah, we, did, we just didn't trust those discs coming through the door. So it's, um, so, mm. so uh, this, that's the sort of thing which you usually only have to make pace, peace with when watching horror comedies like Slither, says. You're, t- you're, says you're talking about the giant worm-like organ. Yeah. The, the, the lower intestine. And horror comedies <clears throat> like Slither is, is linked. There is a dynamic HTML link from here to buy well, Slither. Is- this is like, although it's Yahoo, it's also under the sci-fi banner, like the, the network. Yeah. So, so I, there's product yeah. placement in the middle of this story. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it but it doesn't stop it from being true. Your intestines stretch for roughly 15 feet inside your body, winding a path between your stomach and rectum. Despite it being amongst the, the creepiest of your internal organs. A little editorialization, thought, but okay. Yeah, yeah I've never yeah. thought of it as the creepiest of my organs. Creepy thought, sounds like it moves. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? Like, Okay. Or there's music coming from it. <laughs> <laughs> or your I mean, dead man's sounds. voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how your intestines are always calling to you. <laughs> from is is that the wind? <laughs> is that your your yeah. intestines play a crucial role in your everyday life, taking up well, nutrients. Nobody from your food. likes a yeah. No one likes a haunted butt. You know, <laughs> but it happens. It happens when an old guy dies in there. Um, does, who who crawled in there and died? Well, <laughs> it's a long story. Uh, long story, but rent was due. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever right. it is, is is headless and on a horse. I don't know. That. Mm. Wow. So, so okay. and ridding your body of, of waste—that's the other. That 
that is the, that, that's Hang the on, other thing. Sorry, may, maybe the sentience of one's lower intestines explains the headless horseman phenomenon. <laughs> How can you possibly navigate without a head? Well, actually, science says there's a lot of microbes in your gut that actually have a big effect on your mood, and also I think nav- the, the headless horseman. The headless horseman is like you asked a child to draw a centaur from memory. <laughs> And they they came up with that. And then then they're like, I'll just make a story out of that, I guess. You know? That's surely what a headless horseman. Fuck off. It's absolutely the the five-year-old's depiction of what Supernatural is like. Isn't that the best one? Surely. It's it's like those things on Twitter when they're like, um, you know, everyone try to draw a kangaroo from memory or something. And I just, like, the headless horseman is obviously one of those things. Well, also, didn't... Isn't there supposedly an argument that the legend of mermaids comes from the manatee, which is I don't know. That's just have you guys St- standards were different, Matt. It's, well, do you, sexy, sexy manatee. <laughs> so, do you guys ever Google like reverse mythological creatures, like the reverse mermaid, reverse centaur? <laughs> I'm sure everyone. Just, oh, like fish on top, lady on yeah, the bottom. Yeah, everyone oh, listening, yeah. get really quick. Give reverse mermaid a Google. <laughs> And check it out. It's it's a fun time. It's uh, just check out the images that pop up. I love it. I don't th- I don't think she should and then be sign in up fish to patreon.com slash reverse mermaid. Yeah, just just Google reverse mermaid. Reverse centaurs are really weird, but uh, there's a lot of great reverse mermaid art. Yeah, and Andrew and I will be seeing reverse mermaid on the Avalon stage. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Friday afternoon. I can actually, so, do, I can actually do a nice callback to Alan Moore, which is w- w- one of the first times I met him. He said, um, "Oh, I came up with the joke. Uh, centaurs are technically insects." Six legs. Yeah, exactly. Six limbs because they've got four horse legs and then two human arms, so they're insects. <laughs> oh, sure. Wait, now I'm trying to remember. Okay, the Minotaur has that's a, a bull's bull. head in a human's body. Uh, so that's not too far off from a, the reverse centaur, right? Yeah, I'm just yes, going off of Terry Gilliam's time, time Bandits. I'm just going off uh, of Time Bandits. Oh, wait, a Minotaur is a human body with a bull, with a bull head? head? Yes. Okay. So it's like the cow version of a reverse centaur. I mean, yeah. I just... Are you guys it's Time weird. Bandits fans? I just, yes, that's all I picture. Yeah. Nah, a Minotaur, see, would... Fr- a Minotaur is less scary to me than a person. Like, I would hang out with a bullhead guy. <laughs> like a friend. You know, like have a, a nice fuzzy buddy, you know? Because you- they're, right. they're not going to suddenly turn racist, are they? Because they can't speak. <laughs> no, they're, veg- they're vegetarian. They, uh, you know... They're not going to be like, yeah, but... You know what I mean? They're not going to suddenly go, yeah, but... I mean... I mean, how late-term abortion can you... They're not going to... Like, a minotaur is not going to be that horrific. Uh, Sorry, by the way, I've not listened to the podcast. I don't really know how to pitch the comedy. I do (laughs) apologise. This is how it works. I do apologise if late-term abortion jokes need to be cut out. No, (laughs) no, no. no, They're still... We're we're still in the... They're still in the wheelhouse. Something I despise... (laughs) Something I despise about uh, the minotaur... Um, you know, we all come up, have several facts. This is where, this is, no, sorry, this is where you get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, sir. Uh, no, I don't. I don't like in archaeology. You know, like like during antiquity, they found all this, I, and I I don't like uh, in archaeology how they assume archaeologists like assume that we just invented fiction like fifty years ago. 
Yes. Like, like it's people knew that they knew this wasn't, you know, they'll be like, oh, the Mayans all believe this. And it's like half the crowd's like, well, this is stupid. <sighs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, okay. It's like we, yeah, we yeah, assume yeah. Can, can, that. Can I, can I, like, I fucking totally agree with you. Can I say from a neo pagan point of view, right? Sure. The, 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 I, I've, I have a really big problem with the idea that people in the past thought that Mercury was real in the same way that we would expect it to be real. I absolutely think that there was a, these are stories. You mean, and you mean and the god Mercury? Yeah. Or or well, Hermes is, or Zeus or whatever. Yeah, like, like so, so you're like like really, nowadays really... we nowadays we can kind of go like oh no we see this as like a metaphor or like you know but but back then they really really thought like yeah well, but but also yes. if, then then they'll find stuff and they assume everything was ritualistic they'll be like this dagger it was a sacrificial it's like maybe some guy thought it was a dope dagger like, <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't yes it, like it doesn't mean they worshipped the thing because they had a <laughs> statue in their house of like. You know, some guys like I, I don't know. I like owls. I have an owl mask. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't all worship. It's just weird. Yes, th- uh, things back th- back then they also had concepts of metaphor and art for art's sake. And- right, right. It's it's so just weird how it's like you find a, a sliver of paper and you're like, it's probably the religion, probably of all these people, <laughs> for sure the religion. Yeah. And, and and just and just there's there's the way of like. What, what does that so if if you're so say for example you're you're a you're an iron age farmer right and and what do you believe in well you believe in what's in front of you and what and what do you believe in higher than you you believe in things you can't see that's it that's like it's not like it, it the the materialistic notion of the universe can't, doesn't map on to people a thousand years ago in the same or fifteen hundred or two thousand years ago in the same way remotely. The the I mean, one of the things. But, that, but um, even if it did, it's completely inaccurate to culture. Sure. It's like like yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. like in a thousand years when they dig up our bullshit, they're gonna think McDonald's were our churches and that we. <laughs> you know we baptize people in ball pits for some fucking reason and <laughs> and like you know it's just they're every uh, surely someone, this is uh, someone said the other day that uh, if if our culture died right now in 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 5000 years disney would definitely disney would definitely look like a religion yeah yeah they would just find this stuff everywhere it is i think that people still did i know they did rituals to like odin and stuff like that because they they found a vase where um an ancient vase where these guys are meeting jimmy page which is weird. That's right. Uh, he right. would show up all throughout. <laughs> um, just a dead-on Jimmy Page painting. Um, so anyway, what's going on? You can breathe through your ass? Okay, so... <laughs> so anyway... So... So getting the, the oxygen needed for survival is achieved through various processes in the animal kingdom. Insects gather oxygen through holes in their bodies known as... Is that spiracles? Spiracles? Um, Spiracles, <laughs> S-P-I-R-A-C-L-E-S. I'm going to say that, Spiracles. And some vertebrate animals can breathe through their butts, sort of. In the winter, the turtles slow their metabolism and get most of their oxygen through their cloaca in a process known as cloacal respiration. Other reptiles and amphibians use similar respiration techniques to breathe without lungs. If you happen to be a mammal, however, it's long believed that your lungs... If they are out of commission, then you're out of luck, at least until recently. We've long known that the intestines could take up chemical po- components and deliver them to the rest of your body. That's one of the ways your gut microbiome communicates with your brain. But it's unclear if the same or similar processes can be used to get 
oxygen into the bloodstream. So to test this hypothesis, scientists created a scenario in which pigs and mice in a lab were deprived of normal respiration and ventilated via the intestines. <laughs> so they're basically, uh, wow. in my head, they're putting like a clothes peg on their nose and a shove and then pumping up their assholes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's yeah. I thought, like a I th- fireplace bellows. Yeah. I thought I was going to say scientists in a lab sat around and tried really hard. You, know? <laughs> you guys getting anything? It, like... To, mm. to improve the likelihood of oxygen uptake, some animals had their intestines scrubbed in order to thin the mucosal lining and reduce the barrier to the bloodstream. Their findings were published in the journal Clinical and Translational Resource and Technology Insights, which is a big favorite of ours. Yeah. Um, it seems uh, it crosses a few lines, but uh, okay, continue. <laughs> so the control animals who were deprived of respiration and received no intestinal ventilation died after about 11 minutes. Can we just please take a minute Silence for the control animals. <laughs> we, well, we're going to also need some silence for the non-control animals because they also died. However, wait, 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 wait. Slow. Why? Why did we need a control group to prove that if you can't breathe in any way, you die? Because you need to set a baseline. You need to set a bait. You need to set a baseline. Right. How, how soon? So, right, right. so can you no- imagine dying so we could figure out you can't breathe through the butt? Like that's that's how you die. I I say a fair few people through history have died that same way. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the, the early history of flight videos. Um. <laughs> there's just Jesus, there's Jesus died. <laughs> we could know. We can't just still be alive after being nailed in a cross. Yeah. <laughs> a the story's changed experiment. over the years, and now it's the cross thing. But it was originally like ass up in a bathtub. <laughs> wow. Um, so here's why you need the control expert, the control animals. So the no ventilation uh, died after 11 minutes. With ventilation, but no intestinal scrubbing, die took almost twice as long to die, 18 minutes, indicating that there was some oxygen uptake. Either right. that, or they just... Can I propose an alternative po- possibility, which is that they just... The ones who were getting all the intestinal ventilation just had that much more to live for, and they just <laughs> held on. <laughs> yeah. Just, Stay with me, guys. Who would want to? Who would want to die? Uh, so, and finally, this is the nuts bit. Seventy-five percent of the animals that had been scrubbed, intestinally scrubbed, and received pressurized oxygen into the rectum survived for an hour, the total length of the experiment. And then I'm hoping after the hour they were just allowed to uh, <laughs> unplug just... their noses and continue on with their pig and mouse lives. <laughs> just go back to the pen and see if see who believes you. Yeah. So I this mean, seems... what the fuck? Is, like, how do you even pitch this experiment? I, exactly. Like, we need somebody go buy a bicycle pump. <laughs> we got a bunch of mice. We need... <laughs> but first, but first, get a bunch of those bottle brushes because we got to do some intestinal scrubbing. Yeah. yeah. This is all funded by big bicycle pump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big pump. Yet, yet another example which, of big pump in our which, politics. Which, which, by the way, is, 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 is two interrelated industries, one of which is the large industry that makes bicycle pumps, and another is the subgenre of that industry that makes very, very, very large bicycle pumps. <laughs> yeah, that's, which is actually more of a cottage industry. There's like a mum and pup. There's like mum and pup big pumps, and then there's big... 
Well, people Mom get confused pups, when they talk. That's when, true. When people, are you into big pump? About... People are like, yeah. Oh, oh. So you're in? Oh, I'm into big pump. Oh, so you're into like the fucking big companies? No, I'm into the other big pump. Oh, so you're into the content industry? I mean, it's the 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 language around it is is absolutely fucked. Yeah, I mean, we got to get the semantics down. Obviously, when we talk about the big pump lobby versus product. <laughs> Uh, it's the oldest, <laughs> yeah. oldest mix-up in the book, man. Oh, you're like yeah, a blue that's... chip big pump guy. Yeah, there's there's Greek vases. Well, hang on it. a second though. Is that a blue chip big pump guy, or is that a chip big pump guy who is blue? Because that... uh, it gets very confusing. Very confusing. Uh, let's not get anywhere near so, Bitcoin big pump. <laughs> so you can't. Uh, so you, you know, you can't get enough O2. So, I mean, I guess their theory is, okay, if enough oxygen can yeah. get into the bloodstream through so it, the rectum. It has not yet been tested on humans, but scientists suggest it might serve as an effective alternative respiration technique when conventional methods like mechanical ventilation don't work. It's also possible that introducing high levels of oxygen into the digestive tra tract will have a negative effect on the microbiome, but that's generally a secondary concern if you can't breathe. <laughs> Now, if this was viable and this was a great way to keep someone alive, how quick would we have shut down that fucking pandemic? Can we, you know what I mean? Like, all the people, they'd be so afraid of getting the ass pump. No one would. Everyone, everyone would wear a mask. I'm now, not can, I ju can, I just, can I just reflect on the Queen song, Keep Myself Alive, and, and Freddie Mercury's headspace at the time? I think, I think he was like... But what if? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm familiar with that. Which album is? Oh, I don't know. Is that it's, late it's, keep myself alive. It's like uh, it's late. It's late seventies or early eighties. I don't know. I can't remember. Keep Gone myself jazz, alive. Jazz, maybe. Keep myself oh, that. Alive. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. you people, keep myself alive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which ultimately, of course, didn't work. Right. I, I, well, it fails I, eventually yeah. every time. I, I yeah. did think you were actually going towards Fat Bottom Girls, which, as we all know, were just. <laughs> Inflated. Right. I mean, bicycle race, bicycle pumps. I mean, look, I, think, I think we're starting to. I think yeah, we're starting to uncover who works for who. Current, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're uncovering the a current bank. in Freddie Mercury's lyrics. Queen was ahead of their time in so many more ways than we knew. Uh, oh, wait, it's, might... it's the first. It's the first track on the first Queen album. Okay, I was way off. Uh, there is a there is a warning from Patrick about the puns at the end of this article. It says, um, "With luck, most of us." Most of us won't ever be in a situation where we'll need intestinal ventilation. However, if a respiratory disease knocks us on our butts and our lungs are bottoming out, we might be willing to consider a little dairy air. Oof. Wow. Dairy Eesh. air. Wow. Cassidy Wars. Ooh. Shame on you. <laughs> well, much like my butt at the moment, that's a stretch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's a that's a that's a fascinating story. I feel horrible for those uh, lab animals that <laughs> watched all their other friends just like have to eat some saccharin or some shit. Yeah, but, yeah. and then they're they're like, you, "What? What am I doing?" They like die so that we equal. may live, yeah. and how? <laughs> wow, it is. Okay. It makes me think of the. Uh, you guys have all seen the Abyss, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that came out, and everyone was like, "That was real," and I still don't. You could breathe the liquid. If it actually, was real or not? <laughs> I think sure we have googled this here. in the past on this show yeah. because it has come up before, and I think the answer is that it is real, and there is a highly oxygenated liquid that you can. Uh, hang on. The abyss. Liquid breathing. Breathe liquid. So yeah, that that. 
I think everyone at that point sort of thought, oh, this is a thing then. And then David Cameron was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the, the hoverboard in Back to the Future 2. That was a... Uh... Yeah. That was also a meme at the time. The like, hoverboards are real. That was actually shot without any uh, special effects. They're coming out next year. <laughs> they, they, they made those shoes, though, which is nice. That's true. You know, are you guys like so. I, I like. I do like asking this sort of generally. Like, I don't understand uh, trainers, and I'm aware in America you call them trainers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, do you guys wear? Do you guys generally wear sneakers? Do, is that a thing? Do you like the designer sneaker thing? I Let don't me, in hold general. Are trainers out, sneakers? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's tennis shoe sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're you're talking specifically the the designer version, as in the ones that people queue up for outside. Well, like, yeah, but you know. Oh no, I, no, I, I'm not. It's, it's being into. I suppose. It, I suppose. It, I spo- actually, I suppose the divide is being because I'm a metalhead, so I sort of generally wear, and also I'm a, I'm non-binary, so I wear sort of generally boots of one description or another. So sure, sure. Other um, than when no, I'm, I'm running, of course, I'm not a moron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, I wear. I feel like I wear sneakers for uh, their purpose. But I'm not to sneak. a he's a big sneaky, sneaky, yes. in which sneaky to, guy in, for their yeah. silence in which to watch you shower. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I can't be dealing with squeaky boots. Um, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I I you know for running and such. But I, sure. I mean they're comfortable. What are you no. wearing now? Uh, right now I don't have shoes on. I'm wearing socks. Yeah, me just under my. Yeah. But but I. Um, no, I'm not like a sneaker head. I don't yeah, go yeah, line yeah. up for the sneakers, you know? <laughs> it seems um, like a young man's game. Yeah. So you guys say train, trainers. Yeah, now, trainers, what's a, yeah, What's yeah. a jumper? That's a sweat, same as a sweater. Oh, I thought it was a sweatshirt. What's it's a sweater? It, no, it's, no, a sweat. No, so a jump. So generally a jumper will be a knitted thing. Oh, okay. What do you call I mean, Hey, what's the difference between a sweatshirt and a sweater? And I've been in the country for a long time and I haven't... What? I think the knitting, no, no. the knitting part. I think a sweater has to be knitted in general. A sweater, oh, isn't it? A sweatshirt is like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's a sweater. Jumper pullover. The basically is more like a t-shirt material. A sweatshirt is more like athletic material, isn't it? Is that right? A yeah, I mean, it's a little thicker than a t-shirt material, yeah. but it's it's not. It's decidedly not yeah. knitted and the same sort of material. Has a hood. Same sort of material as a hoodie. Yeah, but right. without the hood, right? Without the hood, yeah, yeah. yeah the hoodie is a hooded sweatshirt. Can so I just, yeah. can I also just say at, at at this point, and this is a general, and I've, I've I've addressed this to Australia, right? Crisps is a perfectly good word. <laughs> I mean, so right? is chips. It is yeah. a chipped uh, a chipped potato that is then fried, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I get it. I think crisps is. I look. I think uh, you know. Uh, cookie versus biscuit, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Go biscuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then biscuit versus scone, I get it. Oh, then, hang on. I didn't even know that was a thing. What do you mean? Well, a scone is more... I mean, a scone is definitely not a biscuit. It's more like a cake. Oh, so the thing that Americans call biscuits are, are generally savory and yeah, served yeah, at yeah, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. Sometimes have I've, like I've, gravy. I've, and, I've, 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 I have had them, at, uh, but that's yeah, also so, different from a scone. Again, yeah. you'd call them. Um, I think English muffins is what you'd is what no, Americans call no, what we call scone. No, an English muffin is an English muffin. Everyone agrees on that. Oh no! Wait, hang on a second. No, no, I'm getting crumpets and scone. You're right. But you guys yeah. call. But you. Uh, so, so here's sorry, what I'm saying. What what we call cookies. You guys call, you call a, a, a biscuit. Buff, you but you call a buff, what we call a buffwafo. You call a cake, right? <laughs> a buffwafo is a cake 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, right. And then a, a chip dong <laughs> is um, a chip dong is what you call like um, a fortune cookie. We call it yes. a chip dong. And chip then dong. A, yeah. But correct. what in? No, but what in? I mean, it's right. It's a little bit. It's like Elizabethan English. But what we call a <laughs> right. You call mm-hmm. a table, right? There's a yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just, I just wanted to be clear. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of differences. Uh, but I, I guess what I mean is America tends to we will take English and then we'll switch it up a little, at improve al- it, and fix al- it. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but when we do that, we always have to add a word on the end and then invent a bullshit product. So here, here here's. <laughs> Here's what I mean, because we always get the remainder, right? So, like, uh, you, in England, you have uh, you have scones. Okay, well, here we call them biscuits, right? Yeah. So, so, but you but also... That's what, but that's the sort of thing that you put into breakfast. Is that correct? Is that, Matt, no, 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 no I'm just saying the it's opposite. the same thing. What right, you think right, of right. as a scone, we call a biscuit. But then you also have biscuits, so then we had to invent a cookie. Cookie, yeah. It's just right, like everything, but, it's like everything moves down one. It does, but then <laughs> that means like, that means we also have scones, which are inedible. The the American version of a scone. <laughs> which is a building material, right? No, it's, it is. It's, it's used like in drywall manufacture, yeah. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, but it should go in a circle where it's a one-to-one mapping and just the transposition is shifted. So eventually... And then like, there should be a really a really delicious one that's around the back, that comes all the way around the yeah. back of the circle that is just flipped no, but over that, and really does Does that make way. sense? Because then, then yeah, for that to sense. work, the British would have to invent a cookie. I mean, look, don't... I mean, what what, what what's happening here is... is <laughs> um, you're being very deliciously... Yeah, but this is what happened. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I find it fucking delicious. I mean, all, like fucking recipe books, you know, sure. y- you, you generally go for the Italian and we generally go for the French. It's that sort of like, you know, it's that, you know. And I, and frankly, oh, like zucchini versus courgette. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you picked exactly up on the one that, uh, yeah. Oh, I what's like this it. now? Oh, the French uh, word for zucchini is what you guys use? Yeah, we say courgette. Yeah, courgette. Oh, mm. do you say aubergine egg, for eggplant? Uh, eggplant, yeah. yeah, aubergine yeah. versus eggplant. Interesting. So you send send someone the aubergine emoji. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Do you lit? Yeah, fuck. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thing is, I've like you know, I, I was, I, I reckon, genuinely, all the, all that needs to happen for any English person to have an issue with any, to be like a stickler on any of these things is just go to America and go, oh yeah. It all makes more sense now. <laughs> like, literally, my band's done a few tours in the States, and you go, uh, it's all like, it's, I don't know, I suppose it's a bit more chilled out. It's old world versus new world, that's what it is. That's like, if you have any issue with any of these. But the only one, the only, literally the only one I have, I have it, and I have this with, with Australians, is that, is that chips, right? That's a, mm-hmm. that's a good word. <laughs> and yeah. like... And like crisps, crisps is also a good word. You, I, don't, you, I don't think you call anything crisps, do you? No, but no. yeah, it is a good word. It's it's evocative. Crisps. It's sort of onomatopoeic or adjectivian. But I think by sure. the, I think by the point that I think the point is we started we started we cooked potatoes in different ways when we weren't really communicating <laughs> in the in the late in the in the in the in the in you know between the early seventeen hundreds to about the mid eighteen hundreds. That was when we were doing things separately. And that's when the accents diverged, and that's when crisps 
just lost. You know, we invented Christmas in a different way, and you know, we just got, we've got to accept that. Is, we just have has, to accept it. But hasn't every society, like in a bubble, like pre-contact with one another, come up with crisps on their own? I mean, we're cri- <laughs> have crisps <been> introduced? <laughs> this is linguistics. Now you're talking. You're talking linguistics here. You're saying that the human brain will just because no, I'm of talking its about wiring the food, come up whatever with, no, you no, call I, it. I know. I know. I know. The I know. human food. You'd be like, I'm gonna need to fry that shit and eat it. It's gonna like be crispy. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be crisp. You know, he's saying like, crisps. If crisps did not exist, it would be necessary for man to invent them. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, what I'm saying is for even Noam if, Chomsky to invent them. No, like a, like a feral. Ch- you know, every now and then, uh, out in the Appalachian Mountains, they'll find a feral child. You know that that was uh, tried to abandon as a baby, but somehow lived. Yeah, and they have a, crisps. Eating a packet of making, salt vinegar. Yeah, they're yeah. making crisps. Yeah. They still have a worth of monster munch. Yeah, the human will come up with the human. It's as I much think, part of our nature as... I, think, as, uh, I, think, I can't I remember think. whether it was you I was talking with, with you guys or, or not about <laughs> the theory that every every culture has a pancake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, sure. Well, yeah, it's just, flat, it's it might have been Holly who was talking about this. It's just like every every culture has its version of... But yeah, every culture has a version of it, but they're all different. Like, you know, there's like Korean pancakes are different from crepes, which are different from like English-style pancakes, which are different... From Scottish style ones, they're just, you know they've all got slightly different pancakes, but they've all done it in the their tortilla. own way. I mean, no, but exactly. I mean, yeah. quite, almost literally, almost literally, like a flat, a very, 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 and and, and I can't emphasise this enough. Very flat bread. <laughs> <laughs> if you just put flour in water and you put that on a hot heat, surface, you will you get put, anyway. Something? Yeah, you get some will version of pancake. That's you, tortilla, will, right? all, yeah. all you need to get, and it will work in some yeah, way. It yeah. just might not be great. Okay. Mm. And that is how human beings breathe through their asses. That is exactly how it happens. You know, every culture has. You know what else every culture has developed? You guys, fluffy uh, crabs. The hat. Oh. Every culture has developed hats. <laughs> yeah, there was a. <laughs> Just, Justin Broad sent in a bunch of stories as, as he often right does. Yeah. And, uh, Whether it's the 10 gallon the... or the beret, humanity yeah, will always find yes. that. A human on their own <laughs> will construct a hat. <laughs> well, there's, there's been quite a lot of. Uh, there's, there's some high level physics stories that have been sent in, including by Justin. And then I thought, I saw a crab wearing a hat, and I thought, well, we should really do that. <laughs> we should. <laughs> There's a, a, a fluffy crab discovered off the coast of Western Australia has been named after the ship that carried carried Charles Darwin around the world. It's the Lamarck Dromeda uh, Beagle, which belongs to the Dromedae family, commonly known as sponge crabs. And they they commonly use sea sponges and ascidians, including sea squirts for protection. They trim the creatures using their claws and wear them like hats. So they use sea sponges trimmed down as a as a fetching headgear. Absolutely beautiful. And they have it's really something. Dr. Andrew Hosey, a curator of crustacea and worms at Western University, oh, sorry, Western Australian Museum, says sponge crabs had hind legs that were specially adapted for holding their protective hats. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they don't blow off in the stream. Oh my god! You evolve a hat holder. It's like if you drink enough, you just evolve. It's, this is big, it's named for Lamarck, so maybe this will happen. If you drink enough, you'll evolve a beer helmet. It'll just happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, so the sponges can be bigger than the crab itself and also provide a chemical deterrent. Some of them, some of the compounds these sponges are producing are very noxious. Uh, oh, they, they're, they're similar, though, to how hermit crabs use shells for protection. 
and they also act as camouflage from predators such as octopuses and other crabs. Do you guys ever wonder if any of our body parts are evolved specifically to wear other animals, but they've gone extinct? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> like, a lot of our stuff, it doesn't really make sense, you know? Uh, I think there's only really one is. body part that all of us share that you're talking about. What's, what, what are you going on about nipples? The, I mean, I mean the the penis. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, I imagine sure. I'm, I, I, you know, imagine imagine a bird. Well, I know mine's made for animals. It's barbed. But imagine the angle, the angle of the erection was just pitched exactly. The average angle of erection on a human being was pitched just right for a particular songbird <laughs> that will attract a mate. <laughs> Or just a perch, like it's just yeah, really, right. like, yeah. yeah, yeah, just a little symbiotic relationship. Right, it doesn't have to be sexual. <laughs> no, no, no. But the songbird would attract a mate. That's what I'm suggesting. That when you're in the mood, then the songbird would come and. Perch. Well, it's I surely we have some sort of mating call, mating ritual thing that we've lost that we don't know about. Uh, I think it I'm, might be <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I just mean if you again, again, if you raise someone, like who knows what our mating sound is, uh, and it would probably work. Like if you landed on that combo, if you rediscovered it, yeah, right. You, you know what I mean? Like if yeah, you just yeah, went, yeah, yeah. You just go to any bar and you just go like, and everyone just charges you to to blow you or whatever. Like it would be but, crazy. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I genuinely, and I, you know, there may be a ling, some, some like linguistic uh, uh, PhD on this, but no, 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 seems seems like such a universal rhythm that maybe five thousand years ago, if you if you hit a stick on a tree with that rhythm, you would you would find a mate. Do, I, I mean, right. am, I, like am I way shave, off on shave this? Shave a haircut, like, yeah. You know. Or, yeah. or what if, like, have you heard about how at every basketball game, and this is a uniquely American thing, but maybe it's a human thing, and we just don't have enough basketball around the world, but uh, when someone hits nothing with a shot, it's called an air ball, and everyone yells out, air ball. I might not have done it in the exact right pitch, but it's always a minor third. It sounds and it's like this, always it's exactly the same as the Sega logo from the early nineties. No, oh yeah, yeah. Sega. 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 Is that right? No, well, we had. Sega, I think that's also but, the same as like no, no, yeah. But it's F to D. It's not just any minor third. It's an F to a D. And if you watch any clip of a, of a basketball game in the aggregate, the crowd, the, right. the fundamental the, you yeah. hear is F to a D. Now something that's always very strange to me about crowd behavior is when people sing along to Sweet Caroline because when they sing along to Sweet Caroline uh, everyone does the uh, Sweet Caroline and everyone does the bum 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 which isn't in the song it's not in the song it's just a horn <laughs> part yeah. it, but but I can't think of any other um, oh wait but that, that but so good so good isn't in the song the bum 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 is a horn part yeah yes yeah. yeah but I can't think of any other songs where people just also do the do a you know, like at a Zeppelin show, people aren't just going like squeakly fleetly do, like singing <laughs> along to the guitar part. Well, I don't know if if George, uh, if uh, if if goddamn it, if uh, Jerry Rafferty played a show, I think everyone would sing along with the sax on Baker Street, wouldn't they? I, so, so I, I went, I went to see, I saw the Cure at Hyde Park. Um, about, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, this is another thing. How long ago everything was? You'd go, how long did that seem ago? Three years. Well, then it's clearly five years ago because we had that <laughs> yeah. 
blank two years in the middle. I saw I saw the Cure at Hyde Park, and the crowd. So I love I really love the Cure, but I am absolutely Johnny Come Lately to it. Like I, I make no claim for being I like them before anybody else, but I definitely like them better than anybody else likes them, right? But the crowd was singing the guitar riffs. So no 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 and I hated it. I fucking hated it. And like it really um no it was weird, but they were because these are pop songs that were huge. They were on like all over the radio in the eighties. So these are people who were not into the band by any means. There's a massive show in Hyde Park, full of like pissed up Essex and Kent wankers. And 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 I wanted to see the Cure at some fucking exclusive gig where you know you have to name you have to name at least three people on stage before you can get in. Um, but and you have to show pe- a requisite level of sadness. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, why are you enjoying yourselves? What's wrong with you? Um, but people were absolutely singing the riffs, and it felt and it felt because it was the Cure. It felt and literally all of those people. If you said to them. Would you so Oasis are playing tomorrow? Would you give up your cure tickets to see Oasis? Four fifths of that audience would have said yes. <laughs> so you know, right. and they're not even in hockey jerseys, not remotely. No. <laughs> and they don't even wear lipstick anymore. I, know, I, mean, I know. They, they did. They did on the. On A lot the, of people forget Oasis started first, out that way. First A lot definite, of people forget. Definitely, maybe there was really massive hair and, and lipstick, but you know, yeah. But no, that but that crowd were were absolutely singing the riffs. And it was disgusting. disgusting. Okay. Yeah. I did see, by the way, that the, the Damned are playing Glastonbury in a very late night slot while we're talking about sort of proto goth bands. Are we going? Goth bands. We're going? We're going. We've got to go, right? They, they clash with someone else as well, though. There's like another. It's like right at the end of the evening. So, like, they overlap with the main stage, but you can get them on the way back to Cabaret to catch the people who are closing. I think Nick is on late. So, I'll I'm, see on, him. I'm on after Nick on the Friday. And you're on after the, Nick. Okay. Friday, yeah, yeah. So, we can see a bit of the dam because they're on the Avalon stage, which is just near to us. But, all, or I can't remember whether Avalon or Coo- whichever one it is, they're on one, and on the other stage is Gong, the like 70s psychedelic. Like prog band, it's like a real like. Which version of throwback band do you want on your way back yeah, to do your yeah, late night yeah, show? Totally. I've I've got a I'm on. It, so that's, I, a, that's a specific type of fan to be conflicted between those. Two. <laughs> between those two. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's like I don't I, know. Put, it's, put me it's, in that category of just like want to see one or both of them before too many okay, of them stop being fair. alive. I, I literally, thought, you know, it's one of those things like ah, it's Metallica and then aha. So I don't know what to do, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what to do here. By the I, way, I, I knew the, the Damned, I knew the name, but I didn't know, I don't know much about them, so I just did a quick little Google, and uh, maybe this has already been a joke people have made many times, but the member names are pretty amazing, uh, given that you have a drummer named Rat Scabies, yeah. bassist named Captain Sensible, and yep. then on guitar you've got Brian James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, but he, his uh, real name. <laughs> he turned up really late to the naming meeting. The Damned officially put out the first punk single in the UK. The first UK band to put out a punk single. The okay, Damned are fucking great. I mean, of, the, of those two, it would be The Damned. I, when I got my Glastonbury booking, I, I just said... Uh, put me on anywhere apart from I cannot clash with Paul McCartney because I have to see Paul McCartney. Hence, I'm on really late. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I've done that. I've done that slot before, and that's a great time to be on because once all the main stage is finished, people are just wandering towards that yeah, corner of wicked. the festival looking for something to do. I think yeah, it's, they're yeah, all they're all we... hopped up on that Hey Jude encore. They're feeling <laughs> exactly all positive no. with yeah. the do, do you think he'll play it? 
Do you're right. Do you think I'll play that song? And what's 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 perfect <laughs> is I get to walk away at that point, going, okay, all right, we'll do this. Yeah, yeah. It, no, Paul McCartney's Glastonbury set. The set list already dropped. It's um, it's one hour of wonderful Christmas time. Um, he just does that for an hour. <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't do frog chorus, I'm kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> Open and close with temporary secretary and then in the middle of an hour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. And then yes. just frog chorus for the rest of the time. <laughs> oh, it's not a loop. Just go just going around clapping like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's is that that's uh, Saint Sanders or whatever? The shreds videos? Oh f- that's so good. That's yeah, what the yeah, Ozzy exactly clapping right. thing that's is. Really right. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, the it, funniest yeah. thing the internet's it, ever it, done. Just it is the funniest thing. I, 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 I think I actually fell over the first time I saw that. It is the funniest thing the internet's ever done. <laughs> yeah, a guy just re reworks uh, just takes classic amazing band footage and um does horrible guitars playing over it and then you only hear whatever instrument is currently in frame. It's <laughs> yeah. also a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I don't want to let our li- I don't want to break the fourth wall for our listeners. Okay, I don't want to get in behind the scenes here. But we started a bit late today, so we did. I have to run. Not least because of the aforementioned train strike, which exactly slowed I, my- I unfortunately have to run. But uh, to our listeners, I I love all of you, and I'll see you on the next ep where I'll, I'll be here the full time. If uh, uh, you know, if there's not another some sort of weird strike, we assume there we don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Well, this is like a good time to wrap up the main episode anyway, and then we'll do an extra story for our patron patrons but andrew where can our listeners find everything you're doing including damned andrew on radio 4 right now so if you want to listen to damned andrew which is my occult sitcom uh which has the narration done by actual alan moore uh, it's on bbc sounds on bbc radio 4 so you can look that up Uh, we'll put a link to that if you want to get into my comedy uh go to patreon dot com slash andrew o'neill and there's tons of stuff i'm doing including sketches with stephen carlin that matt will tell you is all is very funny human right very funny human uh and just if you google andrew o'neill comedy on any of the socials you'll find me uh you know there's all stuff on youtube and all that sort of thing so there you go uh and you can find us as always on probablyscience.com is our main email uh, is our probablyscience.com is our main website where we put all of our story links and also where you can find our Patreon and PayPal donation pages thank you very much to everyone who helps the show carry on like that probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions comments clarifications stories you'd like us to cover we're also on Twitter at probablyscience individually at Andy T. Wood at Jesse Case and at Matt Kirshen and we will do an extra story for our Patreon patrons. But for the main episode, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And thanks for joining us, Andrew. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Uh, and I hope to come back. We can make that happen. We have that power. See you next time. Bye. Bye.